Talk. City Talk 105.9. You go for Miss Geary, there you go. You listen to City Talk 105.9, how you doing? I'm Adam Catchell. Seven minutes past five o'clock, as ever, on a Monday. It's only fair that we uh, delve into the world of football with Neil from the Anfield Rap and Dave from the Blue Room, uh, both joining me in the studio now. Plenty to talk about from the weekend. Obviously, uh, Neil uh, will be dashing off at some point uh, after six o'clock to get down to Anfield to watch, obviously, them maul uh, Bournemouth 10 0. A mauling would be lovely. That would be brilliant. We'll talk about a mauling and independent mauling, hopefully, in the next 20 minutes or so. But first of all, we've got to look at Everton, haven't we? Normally, we're sat here after the Watford game last Monday. It were all dismal. It were all doom and gloom. You were you were beside yourself. You must be totally different today, Mr Downey. Look at the smile on his face. I haven't seen him smiling three weeks. Look at him now. I've, What's uh, going on? I've, I've postponed my uh, mass order of bleach. Beautiful. From from last week. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a fantastic. It was all fantastic performance. Everything that you wanted from uh, a response in in way of a response from that Watford game in the opening day, Martinez simply went back to what he knows best, and it was keeping it very very simple, albeit unpredictable, which is what we were all about in our first season. We approached the game with arrogance, um, and we simply let Southampton come onto us and, and attack them at will, and it worked absolutely fantastically well. It was it was great to see. Kone was outstanding and, and a lot of people picked Barkley or Lukaku for man of the match I actually picked Kone because um, you know I'm a fan of these players Neil that are sort of get down in the dumps and looks like look like they're on the way out of football mm. clubs a la Jordan Henderson a couple of years ago and seem to find something within themselves that you know gives themselves a boost and ultimately they come back zero to hero type of thing and uh, I was really impressed with them and he got a great standing ovation when well, he come off as well for Stephen Naismith and it was brilliant to see. Well, first of all, I alluded over Twitter at the weekend yeah. It's obviously Mr Martinez must have been listening to you speaking on this very short to have two strikers starting the game, which is fantastic news mm. and great as well, Lad gets a goal off the bench the week before, gets rewarded with 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 a starting place. Must do well for his confidence. Yeah, that's how it should be. It, I mean, it's it's old fashioned management. You know, you, you pick your best eleven players, and Kone was obviously well. He was in our top two last week, wasn't he? Top one even. So he deserved the start, and uh, he was duly given it. It was interesting the role he played because I mean, you say it was too up top, but it wasn't conventional in that way. Simply because of how deep we played, how deep we set up. I, I thought Neil have a bit of an insight into this, I think as well. Our starting position even when we had the ball seemed to be 10 yards 15 yards deeper than what we would do in, in the typical home match and obviously I think that was more to invite Southampton think, on and, and therefore break I think it might be easier for Evan away from home yes, this season definitely. than at home I think it might be easier to deal with, with to, to play into spaces and also to not have to deal with these mass defences that can only help I think I th- I mean, my friend um, my friend Steve Graves often says this that no matter what formation a manager ends up picking a lot of the times it, ten- it turns into four defenders four midfielders and two attackers that that's sort of how it just always ends up going, and I thought that that's what happened for Everton. I think that what you've been trying to do for ages, and what a lot of people are trying to do at the moment, is play this four-three-three thing where you've got three mid- two midfielders and an attacker up there. I thought the difference Kone made was huge. His move, his movement was terrific. Yeah. It really liberated Lukaku to feel as though Lukaku knows he can go looking for the ball off the basis of the fact that into the space that he leaves, Kone will just will just shift over, and that I thought Lukaku looked like a, a lad who was really, really, really enjoying his football that first half. Who's Suddenly mm. realised this is this is how I should be playing the game, and I think it's not you know, and, and this is where it, it isn't that difficult. It's Kone's natural movements. Kone wants to be number nine. That's the way in which he sees the game playing. So if he comes off a flank, that's where he's going to go. If you've got two midfielders up there, or one of them's a winger. Yeah. 
if there's space there, he just he just sticks to his he just sticks to the, he keeps choke on his boots. That's what he does. Mm. Or if you've got a midfielder there and some space develops, he drops deep to come come, come hunting for the ball. Kone just kept shifting into the space that Lukaku was leaving, and I thought it was I thought it was terrific stuff. And I think I think it's a real it's a real marker point I think for Everton going forward from now until until the end of the season of how to play certainly away from home, and it actually makes the squad look a lot better. Mm. You've suddenly got sort of three, four, five options off the bench if Kone's on the pitch. If you were to add one more forward into that squad. Who's, who's, who's a better player than Kone, but who has similar instincts, then they look even better again. And I thought, I thought right the way through the pitch, I thought Everton were they, they, they were they were aggressive, they ran hard, they clearly knew, everyone knew the job. I thought that was really really clear in there. Everyone seemed to know their job. Yes, Southampton had a couple of sniffs at nil nil, but it was a, it was it was probably the most impressive Everton have been in the calendar year 2015. Mm. And I think that should you know that should speak volumes. And I think a massive part of that is having another body up front because mm. it's just it's just pulling and pushing. And, and I, th- I mean, Lukaku had one yammer on toast about. Six yeah. times. It was glorious to see because Wanyama was a fraud. <laughs> well, this, this is the interesting thing about it. We're mentioning about players dropping deeper because um, you know you, you look at it, looking back at the match. I watched it a couple of times because it was that good. Quite sadly, and um, you've had it on repeat. Oh, definitely, mate. I've got the three. I've got the three goals in my pocket right now. I'll show you them. Um, it, it was interesting that when Lukaku and Kone had dropped so far deep, on, even towards the halfway line. Um, they weren't the ones that made any sort of pressing movements. They sort of meandered and didn't waste any energy mm. doing that. As soon as it bypassed them, McCarthy, Barry as well to his credit, and Barkley were, were just, you know, unbelievable at pressing. They, they just right into Southampton's faces, and that's where everyone broke it. It was it was like a, a coiled spring at times where they'd invite Southampton on, and then everybody would push forward at will. And I said to you before we come on here, Adam, uh, about last season, we, sorry, Martinez's first season, they'll be played Newcastle away and beat them 3-0. And for each one of those goals, Everton win the ball back in their own half. Mm. And you can see half a dozen bodies at least coming forward well, past the halfway line. The really interesting thing about Kone and his centre positioning was for the first goal, he pulls out to the right when he, he obviously Barkley picks the ball up from Southampton's corner. Kone moves towards the right-hand side, knowing he'd be congesting things if he if he moved into the, yeah. the centre of the pitch. He, he ran into the space, like you said, received the ball, and the cross is absolutely brilliant. It's glorious, and, yeah, and the header... Sensational, that cross. The header back across the goalkeeper as well. Oh, it's got class. no chance. Yeah. It's lovely. I think there's, there's tons of that. I thought there was a lot of uh, Lukaku especially would come alive whenever won the ball back, mm. and it wasn't this idea he's got to come and get involved and scrap for it and all this. No, you come alive as soon as we as soon as there's a blue foot on the ball, bang now that yeah. now you come alive. Yeah, but yeah. when you do come alive, we expect you to do what he did for instance early on in the game, where he, he takes three of them out and he's 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 unfortunate that he doesn't win the penalty. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it, it isn't a penalty, but he's unfortunate the lad comes from nowhere. So you get excellent performances all over the place. I think it's as I say, I think it really we were having this conversation last week. It's this idea that Everton can play, they can play four defenders, they can play four midfielders, they can play two forwards, get a better forward mm. and then you're able to use Coney here. Here and there, that squad suddenly looks looks stocked because on the bench there you've got Morales, you've got uh, Pina, you've got Osman, and you've got Besic, mm. more able to come on in any of those four midfield positions. And then you're looking for just another defender in there to, to to pad that out. And it's a way in which sometimes you can you can change the way in which you play. And suddenly your squad looks three three people deeper than it did than it did two weeks yeah. ago. And I, I don't think there's much. I think that you know Everton can if if they were to add because then you've got Naismith as well to you know to cover up fronts. And suddenly it it, it almost looked like a twenty man squad rather than what it looked like when me and you 
you went through it, Dave, a 14-man squad. Yeah. Uh, because they, they, it'll suit them. I think the difficulty's going to be that where I think it gets hard is back at Goodison. When I was going to say, can you reciprocate that at home? Well, that's the, that, that's the, the million-dollar question. And, and I think we'll be fine against City because you can pretty much play like we did yeah. against Southampton. City will come on to us. You'll expect them to have the majority yeah. of the ball. Uh, the, pro- the problems come when we start playing the lesser sides who come to Goodison who will put 10 behind the ball. And, and that's when it gets stagnant. That's when it's side-to-side passing. That's when there's no penetration from deep. And this is where Ross Barkley can really come into the fold. I mean, he's had a really good start to the season. Scored as many this season as he did in the entirety of last. Mm. Um, and when he's so deep, when he when he's deeper, I mean, people, there's, there's a myth that he's a number 10. And this number 10 thing sort of taking over control of everybody's minds because Roberto Martinez, you know, obviously wants one and he, he's made a big deal out of this position and Barkley was sort of played in and out of that position to numerous um, effects in, in his Everton career so far and he, he's been pulled out wide. You've seen the best out of him on Saturday when he was attacking from deep and that doesn't mean he's a defensive midfield player. That just means his starting position is one so that he can penetrate yeah. uh, defences Co- and back fours. Tony almost played as a 10. I think that this is... Yeah. I, think there's, there's a, I think there's a massive issue with, uh, with nomenclature in English football because basically Barkley's a midfielder who attacks. Exactly. A, a number 10's an attacker who can drop into midfield. Yeah, yeah. They're two very different things mm. but I think a lot of times people because because you've seen, for instance, someone like Gerrard play as a number 10 because he's just able to because he can do almost everything but he's fundamentally still a mm. midfielder who attacks and I think that this is where... You know, Barkley is a midfielder who attacks. I think what Everton needs is one, create if they could get a genuine creative sort of forward, a forward who's, you know, who you're looking at, if he plays 30 league games, he'll get you 12 goals and 12 assists. He'll, he'll, he'll turn Barkley into a, into a, so not Barkley, Lukaku into a 20 goal season striker. That's what Everton are looking for and Kone's shown the way. Mm. And, the, you know, it, it is, but it is a forward, it's not a midfielder you're trying to, yeah. you're trying to retool to play as yeah, an attacker. Yeah. I think, you know, I think we get, we get, we get all mashed up in, in amongst Definitely. all there. But I think that, when Everton come to to have the home games against the the the, the weaker sides, who do just come and come and line up. This is where, for instance, if you, if if you do add a number ten, if you do add one more attacker, where well, you're playing him and you're playing Kone and you're playing Lukaku, and what you're doing is you're just having the the, the mentality of, and maybe you're not playing Barry for those ones, and you're having the mentality of, we've got Barkley, we've got um, we've got McCarthy, we've got Cleverly or Bessage. They're gonna do, they're gonna cover the ground, but we've got three goal threats up front because mm. all of these games, and I think it's something which sides. I think, for instance, I, I thought Southampton and literally struggled with it uh, at the weekend against Everton is this idea that we're now expected to win. And I think that when the, when the, when the sides that go from sort of 10th yeah. to 6th, they suddenly got to have those problems and sides start to come mm. to them and spring counter-attacks. I think Southampton could be in for a bit of a tough season off the back of what I saw there where they, they're going to be vulnerable to that. Mm. But what I think you need to do is you've just got to get that first goal. And it's the biggest... But you've got to be patient. And if it takes 60, it takes 60. Mm. And I don't think Southampton were patient. I thought Southampton were overcommitting. I thought they were I thought they were leaving gaps. And I thought that they were... They, that they were weak fundamentally mentally sort of concentration wise but also in general I thought that Southampton were weak but they were made to look weak by what was as yeah. I said before a terrific performance yeah I mean I'm not his biggest fan but Jermaine Jean has made a couple of good points on Everton at the weekend and uh, one of them was about Southampton uh, how sort of negated their threat is without the, the lightning quick full backs of Klein and Burton mm. uh, Burton's obviously out injured and Klein's gone to Liverpool we'll see him tonight um, you know you look they still tried to play in the same way without the pace that they had last yeah. season and it, it was quite easy for Everton to expose was that so I agree with you I think it might, might be a bit of a struggle for Southampton Will Roberto set you up against it I know you say it's easy to do it City. it mm. seems a bit of a no-brainer for everybody sat on the sidelines but will he set you up obviously in the exact same way keep that confidence I suppose going from the Southampton game mm. or will he set you up not to get beat um, it's a really good question I, I think 
I, I think to to not carry forward the momentum that we picked up, and I explained how important momentum is to Everton last week. I think it'd be it'd be silly not to. Yeah. Having said that, I mean you've you've got to give great respect to the likes of Silver, who will need catering for, and by that I mean you know. Barry and McCarthy, even though they were targeted against Southampton, they won't be able to press like they did. But traditionally, you do all right against them. Yeah, we do. It, it is. It's one of those things. I mean, it, it's um, you know. And whether you beat them one nil or it's a two one, it's a scrap or whatever, it doesn't mm. matter. If you beat them, then that momentum, that confidence is you're flying. Then you're away. Yeah, it, it is huge. It is huge because we go to Spurs the following week and they haven't had the, the greatest of start. So you know, it, and there's another team that's going to have to come on you and you can spring them as well. Exactly. It, it, but it, again, it's it's about being unpredictable and and that's what was great about. Saturday, if, if you can keep that sort of unpredictability up and have Kone, have Barkley, have Lukaku moving into different positions on the pitch, dragging defenders out of position, I, I think that will play into our hands to a certain degree because company likes to come out a little bit. Um, and, and I think if, if the likes of Lukaku or Kone with his movement, like Neil said, if you can pull him out of position, then Everton can expose with Ever- Barkley running on from deep. Everton needs, have, Everton needs a really good performance from McCarthy, first mm. and foremost, uh, against He'll have to shackle <clears throat> Silver. Because he'll have to shackle, yeah. he won't just have to shackle Silver, he'll also have to keep an eye on Sterling. Because mm. the one thing you could see there, whilst it was nil-nil especially, is Kone, and, and rightly, isn't going to come all the way with his full-back. Mm. And the one thing that City are very, very good at is springing full-backs into yeah, little, little, yeah. little pockets and little areas. So I think that McCarthy especially, I think, will be detailed more to sort of watch that sort of side I think you'll have to have a very very good game the worry as ever is that it's I thought that he, he gave a, he gave a soft one away at the weekend as well even though I thought he played well is that you do you do worry whenever footballers start to play football around Gareth Barry mm. just simply just simply by virtue of his legs because you know he's a lovely yeah. footballer and a, a ridiculously handsome <clears> man <throat> but at some point <laughs> what's going to happen is that you know they, they, just a little bit of quick footwork gets him turning gets him going the wrong way and he doesn't like it and you know he's, he's I think he's now he's already in one yellow for this season yeah. he was Everton's most booked player last season mm. I think it's if you know but it, it'd be a huge call to make sort of a message change if it, if you're, Mart- if you're Martinez, I think th- I think the most important thing you can do if you're Martinez is to is to pick the same side, tell them they shouldn't have any fear, see if they go out there and don't have any fear, and then see if they're able to, as you keep saying, find ways just to spring City because all you've got to do, and uh, you know City City were really good against Chelsea, yeah, but. There's about three times Chelsea nearly have them on the counter. You know, there's, there is about three times in their second half. You know, you could see how uh, you know, Hazard misses a really good chance at one nil. Yeah, and you know, they, they, by his he, standard, that's a City. Really, well, he should, he he should put it in the back of the yeah. net. I mean, it's, yeah. yeah, it should be in the back of the net. And I, I think City City can be counted against because they want to play football so much. And the same way that Martinez should be sending his lads out to play full of confidence, you're capable of anything, boys. You'd expect Pellegrini is doing the same thing for full of confidence, you're capable of absolutely anything, boys. Mm. But what that means is if you're playing and playing and playing, at some point there's going to be some space for someone else to play Yeah, well, yeah. One, one, one of the key things Martinez needs to learn from that game at the weekend is uh, you know Everton don't have to have the ball for the majority of the time to be an attacking side you know a, a counter attacking football you, 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 sit, you, you sit there and think well that means the other team's going to be pressing you for most of the game not necessarily so they're going to have the ball for most of the game like Everton do like Everton have and that was to the detriment last season if, if Roberto Martinez can learn that Everton are still t- an attacking side even though they don't have the ball as much as he wants them to that's absolutely fine and he needs to be aware that an early sub is absolutely fine as well Neil in this one because I, I will go with Barry but if it didn't work I'd make a change straight away I wouldn't dawdle I, w- I wouldn't think this can get better 
I'll, I'll, I wouldn't be hesitant about it. I'll put someone in there and change it straight away because the likelihood is it's not going to change if he's still in there. The same mistakes will be happening. He's not going to get any quicker throughout the game. Stamina then becomes an issue as well. So I wouldn't be scared to throw Bessic in the mix. But again, I mean, that's going completely the other way, isn't it? Because it, that requires a lot of discipline from someone like Bessic who hasn't necessarily shown that in an Everton shirt yet. So, I mean, that, that's a big conundrum, that area for Everton. As well as talking more on Everton, we've got to, to obviously look forward towards Liverpool tonight, taking on uh, Bournemouth, which Neil will be attending, of course. And then we will have, as we've just alluded to there, talk about Chelsea and have the wheels fallen off. We'll get to it next. Uh, just before we move on to all things red in this uh, fine city, because they're taking on Bournemouth tonight. Neil's got everything on that very shortly. Uh, just one quick thing. We mentioned, uh, obviously, Everton and their fantastic performance at the weekend. Um, Rumours knocking about today about signings. I know you don't want this question, but I'm giving you anyway, right? Um, Rumours knocking about in, regarding signings, and uh, Hull City midfielder Tom Huddleston has been mentioned that he might be coming towards uh, uh, your fine shores. Fancy him or not? He's probably the only man on this earth that could make me look quick. <laughs> He can play the ball, though. He's a decent passer of a football, decent from a dead ball. We've got decent passers, we've got decent midfielders, we've got midfielders that can't run. He fits none of them bills because he's slower and he doesn't pass as well as the ones we've already got. I, I was a fan of him when he was at Spurs initially. He broke onto the scene, didn't he, and started scoring worldies from all over the place and, you know, Hollywood balls from everywhere. But I just think he'd add to our problems rather than give us anything. Do you need something in midfield or are you, would you be more satisfied with a striker? I've moved to Neil, sort of thinking with the way he did with Liverpool. And I, I, I'd love Everton to go and buy goals. Uh, scrap all this number 10 talk. You know, you, you, you sort your problems out at either end of the pitch. So that's either going by another defender. We see him fine on the weekend doing that. We see him fine with Stones and Jagiel. Having said that, I'd love to see some backup in there, which I think will happen ultimately before the end of the window. Other than that, adds to the goalkeeping situation out. But I put all of my coins in the pot of getting a striker. There seems to be a lot of teams sniffing around Javier Hernandez at United. Yeah. Would you fancy him? Absolutely. I think he's fantastic. I think he'd, be, he'd dovetail so well with uh, Lukaku as he'd well. He'd be mustard for Everton. Absolutely brilliant. I'd take him. What type of money do you reckon? Uh, what type of money are they looking for for uh, <coughs> Hernandez? Um, I'd, I'd be surprised if they sell him. They need, United need a centre forward. Yeah, I was going to say they already. There's a lot a of teams sniffing around him. Well, like, oh yeah, yeah. Looking at Rooney the other day as well, he doesn't look like he's anywhere near up to being a top class uh, striker this season. He, lo he looks like he wants to play deep as well because he keeps pulling himself into the, himself into those positions. Uh, Hernandez could still be an asset for United, although he probably won't. Uh, he's got he's got a, what is it fractured collarbone, collarbone yeah. at the moment. At the moment, yeah. I'd, I'd imagine Everton would have a, a tentative attempt at getting him on loan. Um, if not, I think he's going to cost you upwards. Of 10 million yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. and what so, about um, I know that obviously he's already said that he, he preferred to stay in London but Charlie Austin he's there isn't he he's, he's going to get you 15 goals at well, least isn't he? he he seems to be the only other one that's out there at the moment without you know scouring the fields of Europe um, you know he, he scored 17 18 goals in the Premier League last season whatever it was yeah go and get him but again you, you're looking at upwards of you're looking at 10 to 15 million pounds whether Everton have got that money is anybody's guess I, I'd, you know, I'd, I'd lean slightly on the side that says no they haven't because they would have done it by now but um, I don't think you're going to get a loan move for him either because he, you know QPR obviously want the cash so uh, it, it's a difficult situation in what, terms about, of uh, what about uh, Barini Liverpool after shifting him on See, I, I, I was someone put this to me on Twitter a few weeks ago and I actually took it as an insult that, that Liverpool want to give us Barini not, not, not because of his lack of quality as a player, but the fact that he'd see us as a sort of, yeah, you can have him if you want, you know what I mean? Um, he'd run beyond Lukaku, though, wouldn't he? Kone's there to do that. I, I want someone in with, with quality who's going to score goals. I don't think Bodini matches either of them. 
I like Brini. I think he's all right. I think I, I think he'd actually be all right, but he wouldn't be an improvement. Yeah, he wouldn't, be necessarily, exactly, nailed, he wouldn't yeah. be necessarily a nailed on improvements on Kone, but he's, I think I, he'll go somewhere and he'll do well for someone, but he's currently getting strongly linked with Inter Milan. Yeah, I, I didn't mean uh, <coughs> in a detrimental way to him, but... He did. That's it. Well, no. <laughs> it's exactly what Neil said. Neil made the point uh, as I should have. I didn't mean to insult him, but I don't think he'd have much more than what we've already got. This is Adam Catterall on City Talk. Uh, just gone 20 to 6 on City Talk 105.9. Hope you are well. I'm Adam Catterall. Pleasure to be with you. If you want to get in contact with the show, you can do. Text TALK to 61025. Uh, we've assessed the fantastic Everton at the weekend. Dave's got a smile on his face. This might only be the only time it happens <laughs> yeah. this season, but he's grinning away from here to here. Hopefully, um, this time, 10 o'clock tonight, uh, Neil has also an equally wide Cheshire grin. Are you anticipating a rout tonight, or are you anticipating a one miller? I think it was later in the season, I think, with Bournemouth coming, I'd be anticipating Liverpool to... To, to really be able to put them to the sword. It's funny at this stage of the season, I think it was interesting watching uh, the Watford-West Brom results, uh, wherein Watford had gone and got a good point at Everton, and then they come, up, they, go, they come up against West Brom at home, and from a promoted side, I think the sudden realisation, you're in the same league as these lads, and they'll take a point, is quite difficult to deal with, and I think that the promoted sides, as they come up, find that harder mm. than, uh, than, in a sense, than certainly early on in the season, going to places like Anfield. You go to Anfield, no one expects anything. It's the easiest team talk Eddie Howe's ever going to give. It's going to have a do. What on the, yeah, what on the telly tonight, lads? Let's go all in. And, you know, it's that straightforward. Let's show them what we're about. Liverpool, therefore, got to be strong first 20, first 30. Expect a lot of energy from Bournemouth and be putting in all over the place. As I say, if it was later in the season, I'd be, I'd, I'd, you know, and, and, and if Liverpool were also playing well and getting decent results, I'd be thinking we could really put these to the sword because they're going to play and play and play. That's the way House sees football. It's what he's going to want. Liverpool have got to get through the first half an hour. I think if they do that and if they get through the first half an hour either level or ahead, then I think they can, they can turn, the, they, they can really begin to, to, to put them to the sword then but they're going to have to earn the right to play a little bit this evening so with a bit of luck yeah I mean you know I'd be, I'd be disappointed I mean obviously I'd take any victory now it's, it's early in the season a win's a win you take the, you know you take them at this stage but it'd be nice to leave a little bit of a marker out there not entirely unlike how Everton have yeah. you know I think the good thing about playing on the telly is Liverpool have got West Ham next at home and then after West Ham at home the next two league home games are Norwich and Aston Villa and I'd quite like some of the at least one of these teams to be turning up to Anfield thinking oh don't fancy we, that. We take getting beat 1-0 here. You know, because that's, that's the... It would be quite nice to get back to that. That's a lot of what was happening in 13-14. Yeah. The sides would turn up to Anfield and think, you know, you'd almost... You'd, it'd be 60 and they'd be 1 or 2 nil down and you could see them, them sort of mentally going, we'll take this. Because because if we push and push, they they can hit us on the break and it could be a lot worse. Yeah. So I think I, I do think that you know if there's ever a time to put a bit of a marker point out there, it's early in the season when you're on the telly. It'd be nice to do that tonight. But I'd take any win, obviously, at this stage. And I think that you know Liverpool have got it. They, they may well have to scrap for it in the early going a bit more than you think. With that in mind, is Adam Lallana going to get another shout? Is he going to get another opportunity? I think there's every chance that Firmino comes in for one of Lallana and Ibe. Uh, given the nature of the game, I think it's more likely to be Lallana. But I could be wrong. I think Ibe would help make the pitch big, uh, get chalk on his boots, all that sort of stuff, but then Firmino, moving around see if he can get dotted in, there's a chance both both Ibe and Lallana miss out and Emre Chan and Firmino both come in, I'd be really disappointed if Firmino doesn't start um, Liverpool go to Arsenal next and I don't think that should be his first start, I completely understood breaking him in against Stoke giving him half an hour, all that sort of stuff but now I think well, what, if you're not waiting for this game to start him you know, you, 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 you then it's then tough to then expect him to just be able to do 60-70 minutes at Arsenal off the back of not having taste of the Premier League action I'd like to see him start this one so it'll be disappointing if Firmino doesn't start with one eye on next week and then from there I think 
then you've got you know you've got your your sixty two million pounds of striking talent on the pitch, and, and that's mm. what that's what the people turn up. That's what they pay to see. With that in mind, then you must be extremely excited. First game I of am, the yeah. season. Yeah, I am excited. All the boys in the right positions. <laughs> yeah, the balance. Think, and there will be balance there. I think again, it comes down to what he does with Emery Chan. I would rather he didn't start Emery Chan um, and went with. Even though Emery Chan changed the game at start. Yeah, uh, because I think. Just on balance, I would rather have, I'd rather have the the three more attacking players right, okay. in, in in those areas, and I'd rather have Coutinho in midfield looking up and having three options ahead of him. I think that'd be better for Liverpool. But at this stage, though, given that both Ibe and Lallana were in different ways and arguably for different reasons not particularly effective at Stoke, then I think you know if if he did decide to plump for Firmino and Emre Chan, it'd make complete sense to everyone. I expect the back four to be unchanged, and then it's just it's it's those two, it's those two players, and and how Liverpool cater for what what decisions made as to whether or not they're going to start. A lot of uh, what Brendan Rodgers has been saying in his press conference has kind of revolved around that back phone and Dayan Lovren, uh, him saying uh, that it was a case of first season blues, I suppose, and this season you can expect a whole lot different. I think you saw a, a little bit of a different player at Stoke City. I think you definitely did, but, um, I mean, one swallow doesn't make a summer on this one. It's, it, it was, <laughs> nice saying, times, I like that. It was at times <laughs> very, very poor last season, Lovren. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think there's a, a variety of things that can help him. Uh, but what I would say is, and it's the same as, as Dave was, was saying before about it, the way Mitch Martin has picked the side, Lovren's in possession of the shirt. Lovren should start tonight. I, I think Sacco's mm-hmm. a better player. I prefer Sacco. But Lovren has started at Stoke. He's put the performance in. He's put in at Stoke. He is in possession of the shirt now until he either gets injured or he has a bad game. Mm-hmm. That's the way football's got to work, certainly in a defence, you know, certainly in a defensive capacity, and certainly for centre-backs. I can understand chopping and changing in wide areas. I can understand, you know, the idea that it's horses for courses in certain, certain parts of the pitch, but... If, if your back four keeps a clean sheet and the four of them play well, I'd always be very, very reluctant to change it. Do you know what? It's interesting, Neil, because I, I went to Brendan's press conference on Saturday. First name I, terms, look at you, eh, I, buds? Yeah, Brendan, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> New Bezzy. I've embarrassed myself there, haven't I? <laughs> uh, and he was asked, uh, first question from Sky, he was asked about... Does he think Liverpool's changed the style up to be slightly more direct? And it, it was greeted with like a bit of a chuckle from Rodgers, and he said, "No, but we're going back to playing in an unpredictable manner." Um, and and I, it sort of got me to thinking about, <clears throat> in regards to the centre halves, do you think Lovren perhaps could be a bit more comfortable in the fact that he hasn't got to pass his way out of the defence? And and I know he is one of those defenders. He's he, he was decent on the ball when he was at mm. Southampton, but do you think? It, it, I mean, Skirtle will benefit most from this, but the fact that they can and they have got an outlet in Ben. To knock it up to. Of course, yeah. I mean, it's it's. <clears throat> I, I in itself would breed confidence for him, Neil. Yeah, well, it just it just it simplifies your decision making process, and and you know the thing to say is that unless you're you know un- and including, but unless you are sort of as gifted as beginning to approach someone like like, like Lionel Messi, most you know most of these lads they're all technically so good at football so much of what they do comes down to decision making mm. and Lovren's decision making was at times last season downright appalling in a Liverpool shirt um, you know it was really really for everything from deciding that the, the moment he times his leaps uh, to, for headers to tackles he does go in for to tackles he doesn't go in for uh, a lot of it was dreadful and I think that there's times where I think you can you can leave footballers with, with too much to think about too much to do too much to concentrate on and so it could well be that being able to you know, simplify what it is that you're trying to achieve. Do you think, do you think with him, I mean, I've heard the legends speak about this, when you come to Liverpool from, say, Southampton or wherever, you don't really, especially the foreigner players, mm. you don't really take into consideration what Liverpool Football Club, even Everton, playing your football on Merseyside means the people. So therefore, there's a lot of pressure coming from the stands and do you think that 
is totally alien to him from what he's been used to at Southampton. Possibly. I think also Liverpool, the way Liverpool play, the way Liverpool played last season and the season before, Liverpool exposed the centre-backs a lot. There's a lot of one-on-one defending that Brendan yeah. Rodgers wants you to do because the, we should be on top. You know, we should we should have the ball. We should be the better side. So you're going to be exposed a little bit more. You think about, you know, Ferguson's great centre-half partnerships. Uh, you know, players like Yapstam. Yapstam was a brilliant one-on-one defender. Vidic, Ferdinand. These lads, you know, Ferguson would trust them. Defend one-on-one lads. Just keep defending one-on-one. And I think if you're Dejan Lovren, I think that was a shock. Because mm-hmm. in Southampton, at Southampton, he had two ball two midfielders yeah, yeah. right in front of him. And that made it easier. And then with the heightened expectation of, this is Liverpool. This is Liverpool, Dejan. This is, and, th- and this is also the thing that you've been looking to do your entire career. Mm-hmm. You're now playing for, you know, this is this is the pressure of, of starting week in, week out for a gang of lads who are, you know, one of the biggest football clubs in the world. This is now where you are. Can you handle it? And the answer <clears> was <throat> no. Frankly, <clears throat> it was no. But... People change, times change, you move on, you you get used to circumstances and surroundings, and then it may well be that, you know, he, he'll have had 12 months, yeah. he'll have been able to rethink And a things. summer break as well to re- reassess break, himself. Clear his head, you know, I, I think it was, it, there was a couple of, t- of, of tough little things in there for him, it doesn't help that, that you know, the, the, I think for all the lads who were signed last summer, one of the things that doesn't help is they walked into a football team, and, and specifically with a captain who was essentially punch drunk from the season before. Mm. And I think that that was something which took them a little longer to get over than is, is you know, is, is, is given credit for. Gerard especially. But Gerard, if, you, if you're Lovren, you're turning up and this lad stood in front of you in centre-mid, taking the ball off your toes. Yeah, um, yeah. I, but simultaneously, at times, you know, you think about that West Ham away game where Downing, you know, absolutely dominated Gerrard, <clears> play, getting played off the park there. And if someone, if, if you're a centre half and that's happening to you in front of you, but with this lad who's meant to be looking after this midfield yeah, and looking absolutely. after this team, then yeah, your job's just got a lot harder. And I think that that was happening at times for Lovren last season. From nowhere, his job was getting a little bit harder than it needs to be. You've got a goalkeeper behind you having a mental breakdown. You know, you've got a, you've got this lad who's just come over from Spain playing left back who doesn't know which way to turn. Um, and, and and next year, Martin Skittles not playing so well and you know I think all in at times you can walk into the perfect storm I'm sure that if Moreno was here he'd say yeah but I had him next to me at centre half if Gerard was here he'd say I had him behind me at centre half and yeah. Mignolet would say no wonder I was going mad look what I had in front of me at centre half yeah, yeah, yeah. but you know the football teams are so everyone is so reliant on one another and as I said last week when we were talking about Liverpool my favourite thing that I liked about Liverpool against Stoke was the extent to which you felt that everyone had complete confidence in one another they were covering well for one another they were, Liverpool played really well on the cover against mm. Stoke and that that's suggest a side that's, you know, that's well drilled where everyone knows the job, everyone knows what they're about and that's the most important thing and certainly it's the most important thing for a centre half is having confidence in yourself and confidence in your teammates. Yeah. Is that the early? Is that the early signs? Obviously, the management change behind. Obviously, not with Brendan Rodgers, but or Driscoll could and people be. like that coming in. Is that where we're seeing the, be. the benefit of that? It could be, but you know, we, currently we've only seen one game. You know, tonight we'll have seen a second one. And and and, and let's be honest, here, you know, Lovren could kick it into his own net tonight, <laughs> so he's capable of anything. Uh, but I think that it could be that 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 helps. But I suspect it as much as anything else. It's it, it is that nebulous thing of confidence. The manager's gone with him. He's put his faith in him, and I think that that's one of the reasons why you saw what you saw last week. Do you know what the the interesting thing you talk about perfect storms I actually think this summer could have been one for for the likes of Lovren because you, you, you look at the, the context in which the, the, the summer's come along for him he, he hasn't had there's been no international tournament yeah, no. so he's obviously come back early from training you mentioned the prolonged break that he's had chance to assess things and, and, and stuff like that but you, you know you, you look at the fact that Steven Gerrard isn't there anymore there isn't the weight of a legend that presence I mean we, we debated it a lot last season how much an effect that would have on Liverpool yeah absolutely for the likes of Certainly him when he's not playing well and that's a yeah. key thing it's, it's the idea of this lad who's, who, who's meant to be looking after all this 
other stuff and who, who, who can't look after his own game. And so he can't look after everyone else's. And I think that was happening a lot. I think soon as, we, as soon as we were saying this on the TV last yeah. night regarding Vincent Company, exactly the same yeah. thing about look after your own game first. Once that's, it, once that's in order, mm. then you can start looking after but, other people. And that's not what happened last season, sadly. But yeah. I also think it's a sense of freedom for him because, you know, he was one of the new batch that come and all of a sudden he hasn't got that tag anymore because these other lads like Firmino and, you know, all, all these others have come in. And he, he's sort of taken a back seat to all this and he's able to sit there and assess and think, well, hang on, the spotlight isn't on me necessarily as much now. I can find a comfort zone here. I can find somewhere where, you know, I can feel comfortable on the ball. I don't have to, as I mentioned earlier, bring it out and pass it to yeah, yeah, a yeah. red shirt. Nobody's talking get... about my price tag anymore. Exactly. I can get rid of it. People, they're, yeah. they're talking about someone else's price tag. And, and I think sometimes, mm. you know, we, we always underestimate how footballers are human beings and he might just be one of those who, who prefers, you know, to come from somewhere different left field that no one's really interested in talking about him and then that's where you really see but him excel. You had a, it happened to Jordan Henderson, though, didn't it? Did, Jordan Henderson had a season like that and then all of a sudden... I think one of the... I think, what, break. I think what helped Henderson as well was I think the change in management effectively helped Henderson as well because he was he was then being given <coughs> the opportunity to do mm. different things. I think with Lovren, you know, as I keep saying it, you know, he, he could be dreadful tonight, he could be got at this, they've got a lot of front, he's got a lot of pace, doesn't look like he's got a ton of quality. But no, Wilson. I've seen I've seen lads, yeah, I've seen lads with a ton of pace and no quality score hat-tricks against Liverpool in the past. <laughs> so, you know, this is, uh, this is, this is <laughs> nothing to take lightly. I'm banking on Kone this season. <laughs> <laughs> this is not to, nothing to take lightly in any way, shape or form. So let's, you know, you've got to bear that in mind. I think in general, Liverpool look, there's something about, I like the, you know, I, I, I like attacking football, or more accurately, I like football as well, where you've got a lot of attackers on the pitch. But, yeah. but I, I think Liverpool can play quite solidly with the full-backs. I think that helps the centre-backs. You know, Gomez is a centre-back playing left-back. He's, you know, and he's right-footed, so he's not gonna he's, he's not gonna be bombing on. He's not gonna you know he's not gonna leave Lovren likely to be left one on one with with someone like Wilson. There's gonna mm. get into this idea. Plus, you've always got discipline in the team when James Milner's on the on the pitch. And you've got you, you've got Milner in there as well. Yep, yeah, and, and Milner's you know Milner's work ethics there. Henderson sitting in front. There's just more. Again, the other thing that happened to Liverpool last season was without the cutting edge up front, they were in this situation where they were trying to play more football, no cutting edge. It's going back the other way. You've got centre halves who are worried, panicked because you're not playing well enough up front mm. you're not well enough strong enough in midfield to keep them away and suddenly your centre-backs are exposed again mm. but without the benefit of Suarez and Sturridge banging in 50 goals between them which obviously helps and takes the pressure off yeah, and means of everyone can relax a bit more the, the interesting thing on Gomez I think it's a really nice game for him to play with, with this debut at Anfield against Bournemouth because Rogers mentioned again that Jonathan Walters gave him the utmost testing yeah, yeah, yeah. from a Premier League player when he was running him up and down the channel he said he spoke to Walters after the game and said you know you, you've given him an excellent ground and they're you know, welcome to the Premier League bump <laughs> thanking this, the this guy. is it now yeah and uh, I sort of think tonight he'll get a little bit more time on the ball I, I think tonight you'll see him express himself as well and it'd be interesting to see how much he sort of grows into a role there at left back like you're saying Neil, it's, it's not like it's a natural position, is it? Right-footed on the left-hand side, and he's naturally. No, but I like I like that, and that I like the fact that I'm 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 sort of I can see why people like width as a concept. Mm. I'm sort of strongly against it because the goal's in the middle of the pitch, and you know the the, the, the aim of the enterprise is to get the ball to go in that general direction. And yeah, you know I I obviously understand how crossing works, but on the whole, I think I like when we have Flanagan at left back. Um, what I liked with Flanagan at left back was he'd take a touch, but he looked to, he looked to come back inside. He looked for Coutinho. He looked for that ball, and he wouldn't be thinking to himself. I'll get on. I'll get on the outside here and I whip one in. That was never in his, in his thought process, really. Not least mm. because because his natural game, the way his body shape was, would just bring him this way. Yeah. And I think that if you can have that, if you can have that idea that you're going to come back in onto play, I think it can work quite nicely and it, it can lead to more joined up football. Well, it's the idea with wingers, isn't it? That that's what wingers. Yeah. Stuart Darnham was an exponent of it. 
where you, you play him on the right side, so he cuts in onto that left foot, gets a crossing, or puts an in-swinging ball in. It, it's sort of a new phenomenon in football, wasn't it? And it, it, you know, it, there's no reason why I couldn't work a fullback either. Prediction? Oh, for us, three-one um, Liverpool. I, I've done my prediction. I think it's five-nil for Liverpool. I think I think you wallop them. I think they'll come there, try and impress themselves on the, on the game. And I think they'll just be found wanting. I think Liverpool will absolutely chance them. So, um, like you, much the same, weren't you? Yeah, fingers crossed, because we've both got Ben Secchi up front in our uh, fantasy <laughs> football right, team. Yeah, and we both put him as yeah. captain this week, so come on, uh, uh, big Christian. Do the business for us later on, that'd be fantastic, my man. Uh, what time have you got to shoot off? Have you got five minutes for us? Let's just to uh, talk about Chelsea? We need to give him a bit of slagging, like, like, don't we? So we're going to do the news, and then we'll do uh, Chelsea stuff. if that's all right. Cool. Stick around, we're going to slag Chelsea off next. Uh, six minutes past six o'clock, coming up at half past six. It is the Legends, obviously, hosted by Steve Hollisome. Make sure you stick around for that as they build up towards the Liverpool-Bournemouth game and I've no doubt reflecting uh, glowingly on Everton's performance over the weekend. Now, there has been football going on away from Merseyside this weekend. Uh, one game took part at the uh, Etihad yesterday. The champions taking on uh, the previous champions. <sighs> what did you make of this? Have the wheel fallen off Chelsea? <laughs> no. Uh, they'll still be good at football. Um, but I thought that they, they looked a little... Uh, it didn't look as sharp as, as normal. It, it's There's a lot... There's they a looked lot... slow for me. They looked... They looked a... I mean, maybe it's because City were, I thought, really, really good in that first half. Really good. They looked uh, they looked on it. They pressed well. They were sharp going forward. And especially when you've got a lad up front called Sergio Aguero, he, he makes chances out of half chances. Very similar to what Luis Suarez used to do at Anfield. So they maybe were made to look slow because of how, how well, quick City were. Mourinho was talking before, before the game about the fact that it might take five, six games before you see the Chelsea that you expect to see because they've done pre-season a little differently. Trying to condition more towards the end of the season. This is... On Mourinho, it's hugely on Mourinho. If you look at most of his title-winning sides, um, the, the Chelsea side that retained the title, uh, 05, 06, was played 16, won 14, drawn one, lost one. They were good, mm. uh, but they they came flying out the traps. You look at last season, they came <coughs> flying out the traps. Mm. You look at the Porto side that won that league for them, going all back all those years, they came flying out the traps. Mourinho doesn't have a record of being able to to pull it coming from behind yeah 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 it, 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 it reminds one of my things this season has been Mourinho wants another European Cup he wants to win the European Cup with Chelsea he wants another European Cup he wants to be the first man to win three European Cups with three different teams and I think that he's gambled a lot on that and I think Chelsea become really interested in the, in the context of it could well be that he's, he's aiming the fitness of February I mean they were poor at PSG uh, last season yeah. in the European mm-hmm. Cup so I think that there's, there's an element of that but what I also think is interesting he, he subs Terry I actually thought Cahill was worse uh, to be honest with you I thought Cahill you know mm-hmm. I, I think I, the subbing of Terry to me feels like it's a bit of a marker and I don't think it's a marker well his so thought process was to play a little bit further up the pitch with, the quicker, with two quicker guys and I obviously th- Terry's legs aren't as quick as which Cahill even though he was which, a poorer player yeah which to me is this is where I think suddenly it gets interesting for Chelsea. I thought Ivanovic looked like he... Thought he looked, he's looked like he twice now because Jefferson Montero made him look a mug the week before. But I thought he looked poor at times last season. I know, I know he went on to be right back for the champions, but I thought... That, and, and I've got to put all this in context. I Of the last, I'd say, sort of six, seven years, probably my favourite non-Liverpool player... Absolutely, sensational player. Ivanovic. I yeah. think he's a marvellous footballer. I think he's a centre-half now. Ivanovic, I mm. think he needs to be at centre back. I think he can get so expert. You know, look at the size. He's thirty-one years old, and he's dragging that frame up and down the right flank. Yeah. God, you know, it must be killing him. And I, I do wonder whether or not it's it's time now for Ivanovic to become a centre back. Uh, 
But if he doesn't, then there's 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 pressure all over this Chelsea side. All of a sudden, you can you can see them looking a little bit rickety. You can see them looking a little bit troubled. I thought first half especially. I thought uh, Matic looked dreadful. Yeah. But I thought he looked dreadful around to Southampton last season. I think Matic is just a little bit of a myth. I think he can look good at times when he's coming up against ineffective mm. lads. But you can turn him round. You can spin him round. You can make him look like he's not comfortable. It's it's happened. It's happened by from as I say, Southampton did it last season. It wasn't like they had any great mm. players and. Even though the even though the top boys looked tough, Fabregas looked tough. Uh, Hazard Fabregas missed looked top. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hazard yeah. missed the sitter as we mentioned earlier on. Costa, yeah, Diego Costa does not look like Diego Costa. You, 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 you're talking about players that aren't necessarily renowned for being quick. I mean, other than Hazard, if, if they really Williams quite quick. Yeah, who've they got that's lightning quick? And you look at the, when City up the intensity, they just simply weren't they fast live, enough. They, they couldn't could, live with it. Couldn't get the ball off quick enough. Fabregas looks so so slow. Matters as you mentioned, Neil. You, people, you get people in and around them who are quick. Yeah, I, I think you can put them under no. serious. Pressure. No one's retained this league this decade, and that's mm. something to remember. And mm. I, I, I do wonder whether or not you know. I remember the Chelsea, the Chelsea Inter Milan, sorry, the Mourinho, Mourinho Inter Milan side that won the European Cup, won the league in the same season. They. Firstly, they, they, they spent a lot of money on that side and on its wage bill. It was 102% of the turnover by the time he left. But they put so much into that season and that run that when Mourinho then leaves, they were, they were, like, they were like, we've got nothing in our legs here. Yeah, yeah. And I do wonder whether or not, you know, Chelsea put a lot into last season, into the early part of last season. Costa, especially since the hamstring injury, has not looked the same player. No, he not doesn't. Quite as, quite as deadly. Now, we can make a fool of us all next weekend because they can go to West Brom and if he scored a hat-trick, he wouldn't be surprised because he's got that in him. But there's... There's a a strange little thing with Chelsea, which is that there's there's a there's a lack of magic, and there was a lack of magic last season. But you know, no one else was very good, and they just they, you know they got themselves to 87 points. There's a lack of magic there. If if Hazard doesn't play well and, and Hazard isn't having his game, Dave, then you're in the situation where you're looking at them going, well, who, who does the unlikely thing? Yeah. Who makes it happen for us? Yeah, it goes back to this three-year cycle thing we were talking about. Yeah. He, he was brilliant in the first season. Mourinho didn't win the title, beat everybody who did ultimately challenge for the title. And then, you know, it's funny you mentioned about Hazard. It, it, you get a similar feeling. It was like that with Robin back in the day, wasn't it, as well? When when Robin started, well, he didn't really start to fade, but he f- started to fade in the Chelsea shirt. Yeah, yeah. Um, that that was their outlet all the time. You, obviously, Liverpool's memorable win in the, in the Champions League semi-final. Robin didn't play. Come on, didn't he? When he, mm. he was injured. Um, and it felt like Mourinho doesn't necessarily build sides on pace. Um, the solid defensive units, the what he essentially wants them to be, um, and, and I don't think they've got that pace to sort of escape that. Now you've got the outlet in Hazard, mm. but there's nobody really else bombing on and, and pushing forward. You look at aging fullbacks. I think I, I do like Aspilicueta. Aspilicueta is um, a lovely player. Yeah, and I, I think they need supplementing at the uh, at, at, at right back certainly as well. Um, obviously, the thing that was pointed out by Sky, I think it was overplayed, and I was getting fed up with them mentioning John Stones' name at the end of it with the Teddy substitution and the tactical thing. I think you know people give Mourinho far too much credit than what he deserves when, yeah, when it comes fo- to stuff like that. He's a football manager trying yeah. to trying to be a football manager, and yeah. at times he's actually not very good at it in that in that. Yeah, but people paint him as something different, Neil. I, I said that in the context that you know, at times uh, Alex Ferguson wasn't that good at it, and he won everything he won. Bob mm. Paisley won't have been good at it every single week, yeah. and he won everything he won. I think you know, but there's people presuming that Mourinho's mind's constantly working on 63 levels, where in reality he's probably just trying to win that football match, lads. Yeah, that's probably the thing that's <laughs> yeah, exactly. top of his agenda list. Yeah, John Teddy coming off isn't what I mean. Niall Quinn, you know, could have written 
Blood Brothers, couldn't he? Or some of the, <laughs> some of the stuff he was coming out with post-match. Like, uh, I think, yeah. John, John Terry will be lucky if he plays in the Chelsea shirt ever again. No, he was just taking off because he's too slow. This is, it's part of the soap opera of football, all that. And that's where, I th- you know, I mean, it's a shame almost because I do actually think that Terry getting taken off by Mourinho is interesting. Yeah. But I don't think it's interesting beyond, you know, beyond a certain point. He'll be back in next week. These things get hammered. Yeah. You'd be surprised if he wasn't. You'd be surprised if he wasn't. And I think, but off... Off all of it, it's in, you know, Quadraro coming on as early as he did. Yeah. When he's been touted to leave. And this comes back to the pace thing. It was as though Mourinho's mm-hmm. looked at this and thought, Hazard's not doing it. I've not got anyone else here all of a sudden. Yeah. And that's... And Fabregas is another one who's, you know, year in, year out has been very good in the first half of seasons and less good in the second half of the season. And it might be that this season they're trying to reverse that trend. But it was like he was playing a different game at times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In that game to Fernandinho. The extent to which Fernandinho was just having him off all over the park. Yeah. If I if I was a you know a Chelsea supporter, I'd be watching that going, what's going on there? All that said, I'd still be you know if if, if anyone wants to wants to go even money with me that Chelsea get less than eighty points, I'll take it. I'll take it right now. Chelsea will get more than eighty points. Well, on the contrary to that, I mean, I said at the start of the season stupidly that uh, City wouldn't finish top four. Stupidly, after uh, the first two games, they look good. Well, you've yeah. got, it's only two games, though. Yeah, but where, where are you at? Two games because I, I, they looked hung. They looked really hungry against West Brom when traditionally they wouldn't be. And then obviously yesterday, it's a lot easier for them to get up, mm. up for it. But they look fantastic. They look good against us. Those second game of last season, we went. Liverpool went their second game of last season, and Liverpool were the better side for the first sort of half an hour. And that was first versus second from the season before. We were the better side, but it felt like it, it felt like they were, you know, they were they, they were a boxer with longer arms, and they were just keeping it as a bay and waiting for their moments while we tied up ourselves are trying to get close But they look more balanced yesterday with Navas and Itman, I hate to say it, but Sterling and... and I, thought Sterling, I, thought, I thought Sterling had a really good bad game for them um, yeah. in that I thought he was... Yeah, I he thought, wasn't unbelievable. But he, 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 he didn't even play that well but he was such a constant threat and menace I thought he was impressive and also he just, he just looked like he slotted straight in. Navas, I tell you what, he's stealing a living. How on earth is he's Navas... He's just rapid, isn't he? Yeah. That's it. How on earth with all the money they've spent is Navas still getting that, that, getting that regular game there for them? But you know, Because of Pace, from, that, then they realise that Pace is a massive yeah, feature now. There was a play at Charlton, I don't know if you ever remember him, Dennis Romadal. Yeah. He was exactly carbon copy of, of Jesus Navas. He was just useless. Like a trend. But he was lightning quick. We had one called Thomas Radzinski a few years ago as well. He just, you know, he, he's a striker. He just put his foot through the ball whenever he could. Jibble Cissé is probably similar yeah. as well, Neil. The, these headless chickens that are just lightning quick. There's a lot to be said for them, though, in a league where there's not necessarily abundance of pace. Every every now and again you can use them. Yeah. I thought Cissé I thought, I thought would impress them. They did look hungry. I thought that they looked like a good side. Um, I thought the goalkeeper played well, which has been under stated, you know, he makes the good save at 1-0 uh, there's a couple of saves he's got to make I thought he played well, but there's you know, there's a long way to go in that, you know it wouldn't, st- if, if it was Chelsea first and City second come the end of the season, it still wouldn't surprise you The funny thing is as well, I mean, you, we're making these sort of judgments now and a lot of people making rash judgments and odds are changing already I mean, Chelsea can go out and buy whatever they want between now and the end of August, you know what I mean that's the reality of it all, and mm. they, they probably won't because Mourinho's too stubborn to probably realise there are a lot more you know I flaws I, in this side than actually he's given credit for. I think this is I think this is the most interesting thing about about United, about City, about Chelsea. I actually think that the the gambles they have to take to improve the first eleven now have become a lot harder. So, for instance, do you mean that in terms of how much you've got to spend to do how it? How much you've got to spend? So, you've got to spend forty million to get a lad in who may well not be as good as insert name here. You know what I mean? Like United yeah. have got to go and spend. Uh, the Arsenal ones, you know, I, was, I had a conversation with, with Rory Smith about this, where he said, "If she, what's she do out of ten? Seven and a half. Yeah, yeah. What Benzema? Eight and a half, mm. maybe, maybe a nine, eight and a half. And what's that going to cost? You've got to cost fifty million. Will he take to England? Well, exactly. With all the gambles that are attached, you've got to go fifty million to go from seven and a half to eight and a half, maybe nine. Whereas you've actually shown you can get seventy-nine points with seven and a half. 
do you do it, don't you do it? Mm-hmm. And I think that all over the place now, you could see United, United have been crying out for the centre-half, and Sergio Ramos would have been a clear improvement for them, they'd have got him in, all that sort of stuff, they can see how that can work. Who's number two? There isn't one. Mm. Centre-forwards, you know, United need a centre-forward, Arsenal to take a centre-forward, maybe Chelsea might just be convinced by the merits of a centre-forward, and City have really only got Aguero and Remy, who, uh, not uh, not Remy, Boney, I can always get the two of them confused, um, who can play up front. Would they buy a centre half? What, 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 who do you get, and how much does he cost you as a gamble? It, and I think it's hard. It's very surprising City haven't invested in another forward even now because Aguero's got really questionable injury yep. records. Boney hasn't exactly set the world alight, although he hasn't really been given a fair crack of the whip. I think City need Bolson up front. It's a really interesting league when you look at it that way. And and the more and more you talk about it, and the more you talk about the flaws of these sides, various ones that there are, you, you think, well, hang on, look at the business Liverpool have done there. Do you know what I mean? Mm. You, you sort of the, the the dark horse sort of tag fits them perfectly when you're talking about these other sides. I think that Liverpool, it's having business, it's having clear cut business. Like for instance, Liverpool needed a centre forward. Who's the best one they could get? Christian Benteke. How much is he going to cost? He's got a clause mm. for thirty two million. Should we do that? Yeah, great. Right next, and there's but that that's ta- that's taken. An attack that was five and a half, six, two, yeah, seven and a half, eight. That that is genuine decent investment, isn't and, it? And I think that that. But and you think about Chelsea the season before, where Chelsea went. What do we need? We need a centre forward. We got Diego Costa. He's the best one. Yeah, uh, we need yeah, an attacking midfielder. Enough, yeah. We need a creative midfielder. Who's the best one we can get? Fabregas. Probably said Fabregas. Should we get him? Yeah. Mm. Now you're in a situation where if you these lads, you're looking around. Uh, you know, United. You know, the Rooney situation at the moment for United's fascinating because they they've got to look around Europe and go. Well, anyone else we get to gamble. There's no nailed on, this lad's bound to work for us, mm, yeah, signings yeah. out there. And that, they're the most important signings you can make. Well, they're talking about Muller now at the moment, aren't they? And um, Pedro as well from, from Barca. I mean, it'd be interesting if them two were in the Premier League. I guarantee in the next couple of weeks you're going to see some stupid money being spent. Oh, in order d- yeah. for it'd be one of the most interesting, this, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Deadlines. Um, I'll let you get off to Anfield, my man. Thank you very much. As soon as you've got a game to watch tonight, all the best. Fingers crossed next time we chat, you'll be reminiscing over a nice 5 or 6 nilla. And, and, and terrified of what Arsenal are going to do to us. That's next one, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Myself and Dave are going to stick around. We've got a couple more things to talk about before the legends get here at half six. This is Adam Catterall on City Talk. City Talk 105.9. 22 minutes past six o'clock. How are you doing? I'm Adam Catterall coming up at uh, 6.30. It is the legend. Steve Hollisall will be hosting that show. Make sure you stick around for that. Uh, before myself and Dave Downey do clear off though, tomorrow night we've obviously got the Blue Room. Mm-hmm. Um, I've no doubt there will be a lot of uh, joy and uh, festivities on the uh, the hour that is all Everton. Yeah, here every- on City Talk. Everyone will be overly optimistic. Beautiful. Not to my liking, but you know. Yeah, but you're you're going to bring shouts and all this. You're going to bring a lot of that optimism as well, mate. I, after the weekend, I've told you, Adam. The, the, the first three weeks we've done, it's realism. It's not pessimism. It's realism. Just away from uh, all things Merseyside, we've talked about Chelsea and uh, mm. City. Um, have you, in the first couple of weeks, seen any real surprise? Have been taken aback, not necessarily by a mm. team, but uh, by any particular players that have really t- caught your eye in, in those first couple of weeks? That you maybe even think to yourself, they're going in my fantasy football team straight away. Are you at Swansea? Top player. I think he's been fantastic yeah. for them. He looks like a real linchpin in the side as well. And they, as a side as well, I think will, will surprise a few this season because they look so compact. I mean, it's funny, Neil, who's just left there, just, it always says about them that they have the, the best team of worst players that no one really wants. And I think that does them a disservice. I think you, you look at Montero, who you've mentioned, and uh, you've got Ayu in there now. Mm. You've got little ones like Neil Taylor, left back, who plays for them, all capable of doing the job. Gomis looks like a man possessed at the moment to score goals. He looks a real threat. And uh, love his celebration, man. Yeah, love the great, Panther. Isn't he? Love the Panther. He's uh, he, he looks like he'll be he'll be one to throw in your fancy team eventually as well. well Maybe on the bench to, to begin with, but they look like they will come good this season. One team that I'm 
looking forward to seeing once they once all the top boys. I say top boys. The five Champions League winners are uh, <laughs> f- are shoehorned somewhere into that side. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing how Stoke and Shakiri and all them boys get on because I think they can really infiltrate maybe a six or seven finish. Uh, it's an unknown quantity, isn't it, Stoke, with, with those players? I mean, Shakiri hasn't played yet as he was uh, suspended, surprisingly enough, for his first game at Tottenham at the weekend. And they come from behind, they were 2 0 down against Spurs, which, you know, it takes some doing that. Um, they were unfairly 2 0 behind, actually. And uh, Juve up from for them as well, I think, is a very underestimated striker. He seems to pop up a lot more consistently now. And uh, Stephen Ireland was really good when he came on for them. They, they've got a lot of depth, if you look at it. I mean, I know we'll laugh and joke about Charlie Adam, but. You know, he can hit a ball, he can hit a set piece, and they're not and he can put his foot in as well. He might get sent off, but you yeah. know, he, he does stick himself around in that midfield, which is important, especially yeah. for teams like that. But they're so they're unfairly stereotyped now, Stoke, because they're a totally different side than what we knew. Hugely different. Four or five years ago, I mean, I was looking at them yesterday when they played Spurs, and they were knocking it round. You know, they've got genuine quality in, in attacking areas now as well and Altovic they've got who uh, come back yeah. from injury as well he's got to put the penalty away you know you've got the like crouches on the bench now do you know what I mean it's it's not this big every single player six for four and they're going to knock five lumps out here every game it's none of that anymore mm. they're actually getting the ball down and playing and I, I think they'll be decent they did well to get a point yesterday probably I mean one point from their opening two games doesn't really do them justice with that in mind mm. of that game especially do you fear for Spurs because they took Harry Kane off and oh I, I I remember listening to a couple of phone-ins on the day because uh, I was in London and I remember the, the fans were going crazy they took Harry Kane off and stuck Chadley up front because obviously Chadley's not the man to be able to be able, holding the football up like mm. Harry Kane and therefore they don't seem to have we're getting rid of Soldado Adebayo's on his way out they don't seem to have another striker up there there's another guy that, yeah. another team that's looking for a striker yeah there's another side that look like they need investment up front I mean you, you look at Kane he could be one of those who does suffer from second season syndrome as it were he hasn't hit the ground running this season yet and Chadley's gone up there I mean, I mean, he does score goals, to be fair to him, but he, like you say, he's not a striker, is he? So, um, the, the interesting one, Spurs, I mean, I, I know some of their fans weren't you know, particularly impressed with Pochettino last season. Mm. They seem to generate points from nowhere, those Spurs. They're always there or thereabouts, no matter how well or, or, or how poorly they play. So, I, I, I don't know, but the, the ones who do need a striker, definitely. And they're probably favourite to get Charlie Austin, if truth be told, as well. Uh, now, coming up just after us, it is the legends. Uh, they are waiting with De- uh, Benty Breath with Steve Ellisall to uh, join the show, yeah. obviously. They're I feel like there's pressure on us talking here with these in the room. Well, I was going to ask you your predictions, obviously, tonight, with you being an Everton. <laughs> uh, where, where, where do you see this game going tonight? I've said I think Liverpool will win 5 0 tonight. Sharpie's good boy, he's on for five as well. He's got he's gone with five as well. That'll do for me. I've no doubt you're gonna cover this gentleman. Come on, come on in. All the way in uh, Sharpie Reds. Do, uh, do, do you wanna co- join in as well with himself. Steve? <laughs> no no no, no. You, you, he'll no, get no, off, not he'll listen, get off. Well, I'll put the traffic on in a minute so you could come and join in, Steve. All right. <laughs> so we'll get seats. we'll get we'll get we'll get you on there. Uh gentlemen, um what are you expecting uh, from the game this evening? Three points. <laughs> in that one, please, although there, mate, we haven't set your microphone up. We'll get the microphone set up yeah. when the when the traffic comes on. From Liverpool point of view, you just want to get the three points, you know. Start getting the the the, the team uh, to, to to gel together. You know, it's all about points early on in the season. You see, talking about Chelsea before, the little bit they're not at it at the moment, mm. are they? Um, so I don't ex- I don't expect it like to be three, four, or five. I hope it is tonight. I, I think it'll it'll be close. I, I think Bournemouth will come and level a little bit of a go. You know, breath of fresh air. The way the they've nothing to lose tonight, have they? No, absolutely, yeah. So, I, you know, if they come and have a goal, then there could be, you know, there could be a couple more goals in it. Hopefully, from from Liverpool's point of view. Did you have a nice holiday, by the way? Because I know that you've uh, skipped the first couple of couple of games. <laughs> yeah. Great holiday. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. you get the handicap down? No, oh. 
no, no, no. Never happened, no, by I've, the way. I've kept that up for the next time. <laughs> <laughs> you get to the 17th hole, and if you, if, if you haven't got, you know, you're not going to win it, you might as well blob, blob, mate. That's it. <laughs> Proper bandits. Is he like that, Sharp? He's a yes, bit of a bandit. Yes, scandalous. Scandalous. I'm not. I'm not. Pure shocking behaviour, man. Yeah. Um, the uh, legends, obviously, with Steve Hosel are coming up in the next two minutes, so make sure you stick around for that. Dev, thank you very much. Blue Room tomorrow night. All yes. the boys with you? Six o'clock, yeah, everyone's back in. Did they all go to the game at the weekend? Uh, yeah, they did. Did they all get a hug off Romelu Lukaku for kicking the ball in the crowd? That was funny, wasn't it? How much of a gentleman has he been oh, doing that, by the way? Gene Roberto said at the end of the game as well, didn't he? He can hit women every week if he does that. <laughs> I think it was taken out of context. With the football. Yeah, with the football. With the football. He didn't say that, but he definitely meant it. We would just like to confirm with the football. Yeah, with the football. Right, yeah. There you go. Yeah, it was very good. I loved all the vines that went round, obviously, on social media yeah. regarding Romelu going in there to the Southampton fan, giving him a cuddle, and obviously bagged a couple as well. He yeah. found the net at the right time.